Hey there! Welcome to our 11th episode of Sojourn of Souls. I want to send a special shout out to the Catholic Churches of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and St. Henry's. We are also sending our heartfelt appreciation to all the additional sojourners from across the nation and the world who have joined our travels to find and stay on the path of truth that leads to freedom, meaning, and purpose. It is truly gratifying to count all of you as a part of our company as we trek together in this world so that we can live eternally with God in the next. Just a reminder, if you're finding that traveling with us is useful, we encourage you to follow us and share our podcast with your friends and family. Since we really don't have a marketing department, you are our only sales force. So don't be shy about spreading the word. So here we are in the mirthful month of May, the month of Mary and of mothers. Since we just celebrated Mother's Day, we especially want to recognize all mothers out there and ask God to give you his extra special blessings. In case you haven't already guessed, I am not Deacon Tim Vaughn. Recently, he had a very successful surgery, but is still recovering. So he recruited me to stand in for him until he is 100% again. My name is Linda Hurley. I usually serve as co-writer and editor for this podcast. Otherwise, I am a simple church lady at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who, like the author Robert Louis Stevenson, tries not to judge each day by the harvest reaped, but by the seeds planted. But before we get to the seed planting, please join me in praying the prayer Jesus taught us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, a bit of news for those in the pews. If you have not signed up your child yet, for the 2022 Summer Vacation Bible School called Totus Tuus, your last chance to complete and drop off registration forms will be this coming weekend, May 28th and 29th. At St. Elizabeth, you can drop the form in the collection basket or in the back of the church after Sunday Mass next weekend. At St. Henry, you can also drop forms in the collection basket or return them to Kathy Stafford in the Parish Hall after Mass on Sunday, May 29th. She'll be there then to answer any questions that you may have. So as I was considering what to share with you during this episode, I figured it would be a no-brainer to focus on the Blessed Virgin Mary. After all, it is her month. But I really wanted to focus on an appearance of Our Lady that isn't common knowledge, 
one that would be intriguing enough to spark additional reflection on the part of you, our dear listeners. Unfortunately, such a story was not immediately presenting itself to me. Then a few weeks ago, while looking for garden plants, I ran across a reference to the blackthorn bush. I had never heard of it, and with good reason, because it isn't native to North America. However, it is widespread in Europe and parts of Asia. Often, when I discover something like this, I fall into an internet rabbit hole, chasing down one detail that leads to another and another. So, now I know a whole lot about blackthorn bushes. I won't bore you with all of it, but I will share the parts that are important to the overall story I want to tell you. The blackthorn is a deciduous flowering plant in the rose family. You might want to make a note of that. Blackthorn is usually considered a bush, but can grow to the height of about 18 feet. It is named for its thorny branches that usually grow forming a tangle and for its bark that becomes very dark, almost black as the bush ages. Blackthorn also develops an extremely strong root system as well as dense hard wood. Because of these characteristics, it can be used as a graft holder for fruit trees such as apricot, peach, and plum. Its wood is traditionally used for making tool parts and walking sticks, but blackthorn wood is also good firewood, since once it's started, it will burn long and hot. The final factoid that I'll share about the blackthorn is that its pure snow-white flowers bloom from late March to early June before its leaves emerge. These blossoms have a sweet, heady fragrance that can be smelled at some distance away. So, hopefully all these botanical details have not bored you into a stupor, because now I am going to tell you the delightful story of a rather obscure Marian apparition that happened many, many years ago. We need to travel to northwest Italy, near the town of Turin. And yes, it is the Turin where the famous Shroud of Turin is now housed. It is in the 1300s, 1336 to be precise, on the frozen evening of December 29th. A young woman named Egidia Mathis is hurrying along the road toward the village of Bra, where she lives with her husband. She shivers beneath the thick shawl she has drawn down over her head. The winter seemed to be colder and colder, longer and longer, she thinks. And she's right because the little ice age will be fully upon this area in less than 50 years, carrying with it famine and plague. But for now, Egidia walks along the road toward home with a slight smile on her face. Egidia and her sister were baking this afternoon, and beneath her thick shawl, wrapped in another smaller one, are two of the little cakes they baked. She can hardly wait to surprise her husband with them after their dinner. As she passes by the hedgerows of blackthorn bushes on either side of the road, Egidia thinks that 
Perhaps she should have left for home earlier. The light is fading fast, and she is beginning to tire from her rapid pace and the great burden she's carrying. No, no, not the little cakes, if that's what you were thinking. As Egidia pauses to gather her shawl around her more tightly, we can see her in silhouette. She is great with child, just as another young mother was in this same season 1,336 years ago. Egidia smiles a small smile and strokes her belly. She had thought that it would be so awesome to have her first baby on Christmas Day. But now she knows that God wanted him, she just knows the baby is a him, to have his own special birthday to celebrate every year. God really knows best, she thought. His plans are perfect, just like our baby will be perfect. These thoughts cheer her as she starts off down the road again. It is only a couple of more miles until she is home, where she can build up her fire, start dinner, talk about the day with her husband, and then surprise him with the little cakes. Egidia hastens her steps a bit, despite her weariness, but after a while she finds herself pausing at the place where she always stops on her way home. It is a small turnout on the side of the road, with a wayside shrine standing alongside it. The shrine is a simple one, a pillar with the image of the Blessed Virgin painted on it. The pillar is set on a low pedestal with many candles on it. None of them are lit at this time of the day. The pillar is nestled in the blackthorn bushes that are now bare and encased in ice. Should she stop this time too? It is still about a half a mile from home and it is almost full dark. Perhaps she should pass by. Certainly the lady would understand, wouldn't she? Just then, as Ajadia is weighing her choices, she catches a movement out of the corner of her eye and hears noises coming from across the road. Something crawls out from under the opposite hedgerow and stands up. Ajadia holds her breath. In the dim light she sees one, no, two, rough-looking men. As they stand up, she sees that they are both armed with swords. Mercenaries. What are they doing in these parts? The two men advance toward Egidia, making lewd gestures and ugly sounds. Egidia pulls back her shawl to show them her condition, thinking they will surely turn away from her. But looking at one another, they simply smile, nasty smiles shrug their shoulders and continue their advance. Egidia turns and runs, but not down the road. She knows there is no way to outrun the two men. Instead, she runs toward the wayside shrine and throws herself at the foot of the pillar with the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. With pounding heart, Egidia cries out, Help me! Oh, please, Holy Mother of God, protect me under thy mantle. At that moment, with the vile men only steps away, Egidia feels something brush her cheek. Startled, she looks up and sees Our Lady standing close beside her. 
The virgin is bathed in light that is coming from the pillar. She waves her hand toward the mercenaries, and suddenly an impossibly bright light shoots out from the Blessed Virgin into the faces of the would-be attackers, catching them fully in the eyes and blinding them. As they stumble around wildly, the tangled branches and long thorns of the blackthorn bushes seem to reach out and tear at them. Then, bloodied and terrified, they stumble back onto the road and race away. Egidia sits in shock at the foot of the pillar and then slowly turns her face to the virgin virgin, and murmurs, Thank you, O Mother of God. Our Lady comforts her for several minutes, assuring her that the danger is past, and then she vanishes. Immediately, Egida's labor pains come upon her. The excitement and stress is bringing on the birth of her child right here, right now. We will avert our gaze now and give Egidia her privacy for a time, but I can assure you that her labor and delivery were easy and quickly accomplished. When we next see Egidia, she is tenderly wrapping her newborn in the small shawl. The cakes that were in it are sitting forgotten on the ground. Egidia has a much, much greater surprise for her husband now. She stands, and holding her baby closely, she whispers a Hail Mary. Then, turning back toward her home, she finds that, despite the cold, the weariness, the discomfort that had afflicted her just moments before, she now feels a wave of pure energy and warmth surging through her, She begins to run, no sprint, toward her home. Needless to say, when Egidia arrived home, she told her husband about the wondrous miracle she had experienced. He then immediately shared it with their relatives and friends, and they told their friends, and, as such things do, the news spread rapidly throughout all the village. In fact, that very night... The entire village came with lit torches to the house of Egidia to see the baby and hear the story directly from her. Then, leaving her to rest, the whole village walked out to the pillar of the wayside shrine to see for themselves where the Blessed Lady had appeared to Egidia. Once there, the crowd stood in stunned silence. An incredible sight met their eyes. The blackthorn bushes that surrounded the wayside shrine were in full bloom. Their unmistakable sweet fragrance surrounded them and hung in the air. Holding their torches high and looking around, they could see that none of the other blackthorns were blooming. All of them still stood black, dead, and covered with ice. The ones around the pillar of the Virgin, however, had burst into new life because of the light of Our Lady's presence there. Since that time, every year, the blackthorn bushes at that location flower out of season 
between December 15th and January 15th. Two noteworthy exceptions were in 1914 and 1939, the years when the World Wars began. It was as if God was using these miraculous bushes as a sign that a horrible winter was befalling the world at those times. Another joyful exception to the usual blooming time of these bushes was February 20th of 1878, the day that Pope Leo XIII was elected. He was to become a fervent apostle of the Holy Rosary. There also have been three occasions during which the flowering of these bushes has extended for months beyond their usual blooming season. These corresponded with the rare public expositions of the Shroud of Turin. Over the years, beginning in 1700, the botanical garden experts from the University of Turin have conducted various scientific studies to try and explain the phenomenon of these specific blackthorn bushes. In 1817, the bushes were studied by Lorenzo Roberto, chemist and agronomist from Alba. His opinion was that the phenomenon transcends physical and biological laws. This same opinion was echoed in 1882 by Professor Giuseppe Lanvini of the University of Turin. These conclusions remained unchanged even in the 1900s when several other researchers did studies after science and technology had progressed and improved. They all have found that there is simply no difference in the temperature, wind, or sun exposure of these bushes compared to others in the same area. Neither does the soil differ in quality or constitution, and there is no abnormal underground anomalies that have been detected that would cause these bushes to consistently bloom out of season. A flow of pilgrims to the site of this miracle began almost at once, and it has been constant throughout the years. These continuous visitations prompted a small church by the name of the Sanctuary of the Madonna dei Fiori to be erected beside the pillar. Annually, on September 8th in the city of Bra, the Feast of the Nativity of Mary and also the Patronal Feast of Our Lady of the Flowers is celebrated. The statue of Our Lady of the Flowers from this small church is processed through the city of Bra. There is a lovely message on the website of the Sanctuary of the Madonna dei Fiori which reads in part, The blackthorn blooming yearly in winter is, in turn, a sign of our Christian life that must always flourish where we are, even when the circumstances are adverse or we are going through times of difficulty. So, now you know the beautiful story of the Virgin Mary, the Mother, and the Miracle. May it encourage, strengthen, and bless you always. 
Now let us pray a Hail Mary to ask for her constant protection over all mothers everywhere. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining us, and please watch for another of our special podcasts next month. Until then, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, wide is the road to destruction. So we remind you, as always, to stay on the path as we pray that St. Raphael the Archangel of Travelers, God speed you on your sojourn. (laughs) 